X marks the spot. As a child, did you ever pretend that you were hunting for gold? Did you ever imagine following a map that leads to buried treasure? Well, if so, hop aboard the Bible bus as we set off on a journey that leads to treasure. Not treasure that's buried in the ground or or discovered in a sunken ship, but treasure that's found in God's Word, treasure that is eternal. Welcome to Through the Bible. I'm Steve Schwetz, and in just a minute, our teacher, the late Dr. J. Vernon McGee, will take us through Proverbs chapter 2. But first, Greg is here with some great letters to share. Yeah, what an exciting uh, time of year as we're thinking about being thankful and celebrating the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we get to hear from our listening family, uh, what is God doing in your life? And uh, Steve, just before we we start reading the letters, we might want to explain the Bible bus passes because a, f- a few of these letters mention them. Yeah, the Bible bus passes. You can get 10 packs uh, from us. They're about the size of a business card. They fit nicely into your wallet, so they're always with you. And with those, you can quickly share with your friends, people you bump into in your commute, uh, walking in the park, wherever, the ministry of Through the Bible. There's a couple of different options. Yeah, you can. There's the listen pass. That'll yep. take you to all the ways you can listen to Through the Bible, a particularly on our podcast, our app. Yep. And there is the read pass. There are over a hundred booklets of Dr. McGee's transcribed uh, sermons. And then there's the share pass, which is if you want to share the gospel, it takes them to the how can I know God set of resources on our website. Yeah. So hopefully you'll find those useful. You can get those. We don't charge for them. So we ask that if you do take them, that you would, you would Use them for something other than bookmarks that you would hand them out. We would appreciate that. Absolutely. And we're already getting some great responses from people that are interested in them or using them. You want to read this first one? William, a local guy in Azusa, California. I'm a longtime listener, but this is my first letter. I have heard the voice of Dr. McGee since I was a young child. My parents and grandparents would play his sermons on the radio as I was growing up. I ran from God as a young adult until I went to prison, where our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ touched my heart. While in prison, I once again found myself listening to that old familiar voice, Dr. McGee. I have learned so much from him that I continue listening to your program daily. I have put some gas in the tank for this old, beautiful Bible bus, and now I am asking that you send me some Bible bus passes so I can invite others to share in the wonderful journeys and places of awe that we travel together. Wow. So much in that testimony from William. Thank you, William. Uh, and and writing for the first time after listening for a long time. Yeah. I think Steve Schwetz is about to encourage you to write to us. Yes, it's really easy. All you got to do is go to BibleBus at ttb.org. It's a quick email to send. Just tell us not just that you love Dr. McGee and you love the program and all of that, which is great. Don't get us wrong. But we want to know how God is using his word in your life and how you've been transformed, just like William shared with us. Yes. Now let's hear about Sabrina's journey, and she's from Georgia, and she says, I've been on the Bible bus since early this year. I am an over-the-road truck driver, and my brother in the Lord suggested I download the program last year. At first, I skipped over it because of that southern slow drag accent. Now, Sabrina's from Georgia. I was just We're not going to get into that saying, with you, Sabrina. Sabrina. It's okay. We're just <laughs> kidding. We're just kidding. All right. She goes on. No way. Besides, I had heard and read the Bible all my life, but it wasn't until I began my journey starting at Genesis following the five-year study that my ears 
eyes and spirit began to truly understand God's word as he wanted me to. I am now on the world prayer team and donate money for air in the tires to keep the Bible bus rolling around the world until our Savior returns for us. I've been telling everyone about the Bible bus and to download the app, but I would also like to give Bible bus passes out too. Please send me some. I'm thanking God for y'all continuing to spread the gospel and praying for the body of Christ always. Wow. Thanks, Sabrina, for that. I think we got time for one more. This is from Sean from Terre Haute, Indiana. Please send me four packs of each type of the Bible bus passes. I am retired, but do work one day a week picking up trash. I have to get out of each customer's home and tip the large plastic cans into the truck. I will be attaching the passes to the lid or side of the can. Some customers are Christians, but I am not sure, and most I never see or talk to. All income levels, some in high influential areas and some in not so good areas. Everyone needs to hear the good news. Glory to God. (laughs) Well, we never cease marveling at how creative people can be with those Bible bus passes. Let's pray as we begin our study together. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would uh, draw many listeners and and more importantly, people to yourself as a result of our listeners that are that are sharing the ministry of Through the Bible and sharing God's Word with other people. Would you bless that effort, and would you bless the ministry and the program as it goes out now? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now here's Dr. J. Vernon McGee with our study of Proverbs 2 on Through the Bible. Now, friends, we come to the second chapter of the book of Proverbs And I trust by now that you understand that the book of Proverbs, it's not a haphazard book at all. It tells a story, and it's a connected story. We have the challenge given to a young man that he be a wise young man. He'll hear, he'll increase his learning, and that he is to start out in the home to learn from his father and his mother, and that the very basic lesson. In fact, it will be the one he gets in kindergarten, and then when he gets his Ph.D. degree, why, it'll be good for him there. And that is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, the way we find out about the Lord is in his word. Now, there are a great many people are going to say that, after all, you have to be a very intelligent person You must have a very high IQ in order to understand the Word of God. Well, friends, nothing is farther from the truth than that. God does not say that that's the thing that is essential at all. But he does make it clear now in the second chapter, as this young man starts out, that if he is to know the will and Word of God, it's going to mean that he'll have to study and therefore He just can't dilly-dally, and he can't pick daisies along the highway of life. He must apply his heart unto wisdom, and therefore he must study the Word of God. Now, I want you to notice what he says here at the very beginning, how again and again and again he comes at this, speaking to this young man. Now, this is very important to see. He says here, verse 1, "...my son..." And we have said that this is advice given to a young man. Starts out a little boy in the home. He grows up now, and he's out facing life. And he's given this advice by some wise person along the way. Apparently, this was maybe his first lesson in school. 
I don't think he'd learn it today, but this is a lesson you could learn in school. Here it is, my son, if thou wilt receive my sayings. Now notice, the sayings of God are to be received. Now notice the next, and lay up my commandments with thee. Now that word lay up actually means hidden. Hide my commandments with thee. Lay them up. Store them up. Put them where you put your valuables. I know a man that goes to his safety deposit box. They tell me regularly, that is once a week, just to count what he's got there. He loves to go over his wealth. He's stored up bonds there, I guess, and stock, and he just likes to go and look it over. And I know a lady that she has quite a bit of jewelry, and she likes to take it out, and I think more than once a week, and look at it. She keeps it stored up. Now, the Word of God is to be laid up or stored up or hidden away like this. Lay up my commandments with thee. Now, verse 2, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom. Listen, keep your ear open, and apply thy heart to understanding. Now, it's not something to go into the head, but it's through the ear gate, but it's to get down into the heart. And when you get to the heart of the matter, in the Word of God, it brings understanding. Now, notice here, he's still not through with this injunction, this urging, this challenge. Verse 3, Yea, if thou criest after knowledge, notice this. Peter puts it like this, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word. Have you ever seen a little baby when mama is fixing the bottle, the little fella's lying on his back, and he's wiggling everything he's got? Hands are going, and believe me, the mouth is going, the feet are going. I tell you, he desires the milk bottle. And the child of God should be that way, as far as the Word of God is concerned. That is the thing that I've noted about this present spiritual movement that is abroad today. Where you see it, there is a renewed interest in the Word of God. I notice many young people today bringing notebooks, Bibles, and they take down everything. I've been speaking around over the country in many places, and you can always tell when there's a real moving of the Spirit of God, it is evidenced in this desire for the Word of God. If thou criest after knowledge, the knowledge is what? The fear of the Lord, it's the beginning of it. And lift this up thy voice for understanding. Now, if you want to have a protest movement today in college, and I frankly would like to see this kind of a protest movement carried on this fall in college. I'd like these placards that they carry, I'd like for them to read we want to be taught this semester. We want the professors to teach us something for a change. I tell you, I think that would be good. And I think it'd be nice if the professors would carry a banner and say, we want to teach this semester and not be giving out propaganda. We'd like to really get down to fundamentals and to learn something. And notice what he says here. You lift up your voice for understanding. And notice this. If thou seekest her as silver, 
out here in the desert in California, there are quite a few silver mines. They tell stories about how in the early days men came all the way across the country. Many of them starved to death up around Death Valley, and the reason they call it Death Valley was silver found up in that valley, in that area, and then many a man died trying to get to it. And then when they got there, they made all kinds of sacrifices. Thou seekest her as silver. My, that's the way we should go after knowledge, knowledge of the Word of God, and searchest for her as for hid treasures. Just like you're out mining, looking for something valuable. Then shalt thou understand the fear of Jehovah and find the knowledge of God. Now, let me come back and look at this for a moment. We're talking now about something that is not devotional reading. Now, many of you know that I do not go along for devotional reading because I know folk and families that have been at this for years, and they're as ignorant of the Bible as a goat grazing grass on a hillside. Why? Because that's not the way you learn the Word of God. The way you learn the Word of God is not to get in some pious frame of mind, read very piously a few verses of Scripture. This is the way you get at it. You lay it up. You incline your ear. You apply your heart. You cry after it. You lift up your voice. You seek it as silver. You search it like it's hidden treasure. Then when you start like that, you're going to learn something. You're going to understand what the fear of Jehovah is, and you're going to find out the knowledge of God. I get a little provoked. I used to teach Bible in the Institute when we had an institute here in Southern California, and I had several hundred students in there. It's always amusing to me, some very pious ones, the day before exam, they, oh my, they really were pious. Then on the morning of the exam, they would come up and say, Dr. McGee, we're not prepared to take the exam today. We had a prayer meeting last night. And I would always ask them, what would you pray about? Well, they prayed for China or for Africa or some far-off place. I said, you know, for you, the most important thing in the world last night was not to pray. Oh, they looked at me in amazement. You mean not to pray? I said, right. There's a time to study. And I gave them always this second chapter of Proverbs. I says, there's nothing in there about praying, but there's a whole lot about digging it out, about searching for it, about crying for it, all of that to learn the Word of God. And I said, that's why you are here, is to learn the Word of God. And I said, you get back there and take that examination. You're not going to give me that kind of an excuse. And you know, they always fail. <laughs> they never passed it like that. And then there were others that thought that you did this in a very pious way. I think they'd been brought up on devotional reading. And they would, as it were, read a few verses and then put the Bible under their pillow. And I used to tell him, you can't learn the kings of Israel and Judah by sticking your Bible under your pillow and expecting it during the night that that knowledge will come up through the duck feathers into your brain. You don't get it that way. I remember a fellow in class was talking about a pretty hard test that we had coming up in seminary, and it was on theology. 
and it was on a certain book, and it was a pretty boring book. As far as I'm concerned, it certainly wasn't like a mystery story. And one of the boys was complaining. He says, Doctor, this is the driest book I've ever read. And the professor said, well, then dampen it with a little sweat of your brow. That will liven it up. And that is the thing that God says that there's no hocus-pocus way of learning the Word of God. There's no pious way of learning it. There is no substitute for just digging it out. And you really don't have to have an IQ. Why? Well, notice what he says in verse 6. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. If you want wisdom, you go ask him. You remember, I have not seen ear heard. It hasn't entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love. But what has happened? But they are revealed to us how by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit today is here to be our teacher. That to me was the most wonderful thing I came in contact with as a young Christian, that the Spirit of God would open these things. God hath revealed them unto us by Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, the deep things of God. And you know, that's the reason that today there are some folk that they don't have a Ph.D. or a Th.D. They're not doctor. Their theology hasn't been doctored at all. But they have a knowledge of the Word of God that others do not have. I've told a little story about a little country woman way up in Denison, Texas. And I'll not tell that one again. But I've got several because I've come across these people in my ministry. When I first went to Nashville, Tennessee, I tried to get interest in a Bible conference, and we did get quite a bit of interest. And then there was a morning program that they turned over to the ministers. Well, none of these other ministers wanted it because you had to get up at six o'clock in the morning to conduct it. I was single then, and I have always waked up early. I worked on a newspaper when I was in college, so I'd wake up early, and I agreed to take it. I wanted to take it. And I want to be very frank with you. I've tried to teach the Word of God, but nobody seemed to be interested in it except one person. You know who it was? It was a lady that used to pass my church every morning. And I would be out sometimes at the bulletin board changing the subject. And she'd come by on the way to work. And she'd say, Mr. McGee, I heard you this morning. And I always made me feel good to know somebody was listening. And she said, you know what you said? And then we'd discuss it. And she had a real spiritual discernment. Now, she told me that she only finished grade school. But I'm here to tell you that that wonderful Christian knew more theology than the average Christian in any church in that city in that day that I came in contact with. She really knew how to discuss the Word of God. And you know how she learned it? The Lord giveth wisdom. And she had a Bible. She showed it to me one day. And I've never seen a Bible that was worn as much as that Bible was. She used it. She read it. She understood it. Why? She's willing for the Spirit of God to teach her. Now, we're living in a day when there's not this interest. I'm amazed that this many people want to study the Bible with us. I've just been thrilled by 
because I was rather pessimistic. I had come to the conclusion there weren't really many people that really wanted to study the Word of God. Now, even Dr. Ironside in his day noted that, and here's a statement he made at that time many years ago. He says it's to be feared that even among those who hold and value much precious truth, diligent Bible study is on the wane. I'm afraid that is true. Now, notice this again, verse 6, For Jehovah giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Now, where do you hear him speaking? In his word. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He's a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. One of the reasons that so many Christians are out in the fog and they're in the darkness, and they wonder where to turn. My friend, it's obvious what the problem is. They're so far from the Word of God. Here's where he's speaking. This is the foghorn right here, the Word of God. And he preserveth the way of his saints. That's what he'll do. And he just doesn't do it haphazardly. You'll have to come to the Word of God. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. Now today, it's a sad day to see so many men in public office that are guiding the destiny of nations that are not being guided by the Lord today, and he wants to guide them. Oh, if they'd only go to him for wisdom, he wants to guide them. Where there is a single eye and a true heart that is characterized by a real deep-down desire to live in the power of the truth revealed here in the Word of God to the soul of man, may I say that God at that time, he'll be a buckler. He'll be a defense for his own, keeping them safely as they tread the paths of judgment, thus preserving their way. Oh, my friend, I hear a great many people every now and then. Somebody writes me a letter and says, I see that you hold the truth. Well, wait a minute. Now, I like that. Don't misunderstand. That's fine. But that's not the important thing. I want the truth to hold me. <laughs> that's the important thing, that the truth hold us. You see, there's a big difference between those. We are told that in the last days there'd be vain talkers, and deceivers. I don't want to be one of those. I hope I'm not. I do not want to use great swelling words. I don't want to boast of a great knowledge of prophecy and dispensational teaching and ecclesiastical truth and philosophy and psychology. Oh, my friend, <laughs> there's too much of that around today. May I say to you, we need to have this kind of an attitude Notice now verse 10 here, When wisdom entereth into thy heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaketh forward things. You won't be taken in, easy, friends. You stay close to the Word of God. Verse 13, who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice to do evil and delight in the frowardness of the evil one, whose ways are crooked and perverse in their ways. That's been my prayer from the very beginning in my ministry, 
Oh, God, don't let me be taken in by evil men. They're around us today. And you're going to find in this book here that the child of God has two enemies. And the two enemies, one's the evil man and the other's the strange woman. We're going to talk about her next time. But notice verse 16, to deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her sayings, which forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgetteth the covenant of her God, for her house inclineth unto death and her paths unto the dead. None that go unto her return again, neither attain they to the paths of life. But thou mayest walk in the ways of the good and keep the paths of the righteous. For the upright shall dwell in the land and the perfect shall remain in it. But the lawless shall be cut off from the earth and the transgressors shall be rooted out of it. The evil man and the stranger woman, the young man is warned against. We know the evil man. Who's the stranger woman? We'll see her next time. May God richly bless you. I believe it. Yes, grab a friend and hop aboard together. And in the meantime, if you've got questions about the ministry of Through the Bible, just call us at 1-800-65-BIBLE, or better yet, visit our website, ttb.org. And as always, we're so grateful for your company on the Bible bus. Go with God today. Jesus Our journey on the Bible bus today is supported by the prayers and gifts of fellow passengers as we travel through the Bible.